Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12. Remember again that on Good Friday, we looked at the events that led to Jesus Christ dying on the cross. Amen. For all mankind. And as to what happened next, that's what's found in Matthew chapter 12. Where Jesus says, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So we need to understand once again that it didn't end at the cross. Amen? Jesus said that he was going down into the depths of the earth. And this is, we know this to be hell. So not only was the cross necessary, but everything that followed as well. So that the price would be paid in full. For all mankind's disobedience. And that had to be both natural and spiritual, past, present, and future. So all the mistakes you're going to make has been paid for as well. Some days you don't think so, but they have, right? In fact, the sacrifice in Leviticus chapter 16, and I uh, touched on this on Friday, I want to look at it today, was actually a representation of that dual price that needed to be paid. So I want to read in Leviticus chapter 16, verses 7 through 10. It says, then he must bring the two male goats. Now, notice they're male, because Jesus Christ is... See, everything that the Jews did had a purpose. It was to help them recognize their Savior when he turned up. And they all failed. <laughs> it's, it's really sad how badly they missed all the signs. Can, I mean, can you believe they're doing this year after year after year? And behold the Lamb of God, John says... That takes away the sin of the world, and they missed it. Amen. So anyway, let's read what happens here. Because a lot of people have problems with this. You know, A lot of people say, oh no, the cross was the end of it. It wasn't the end. It was horrific, but it wasn't the end. There was actually worse to come. So let's read here in verse 7. He says, then he must bring two male goats and present them to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle. Verse 8. He is to cast sacred lots to determine which goat will be sacrificed to the Lord and which one will be the scapegoat. The goat chosen to be sacrificed to the Lord will be presented by Aaron as a sin offering. So that's the first goat. Then the goat chosen to be the scapegoat will be presented to the Lord alive when it is sent away into the wilderness. Are you seeing this? It will make atonement or make amends for the people. So you see there was two things that needed to happen. There needed to be a death and an atonement. A death and a wilderness. Are you seeing this? And so when Jesus Christ died on the cross, His Spirit was then ushered into that wilderness. Where He was going to atone for our sins. So not only did He die for our sins, but then He went and made an atonement which was to bring peace between God and man. That's what the Christmas story was about. Amen? Peace and goodwill toward man. This is when it happened. The baby was born at Christmas, and then at Easter we celebrate the price that was paid. The job he came to do, that he was born to do. Amen? And by dying on the cross, then going to hell again, Jesus does both. However, once the price was paid, something miraculous happened. God the Father begins to speak from heaven, just like He did at the baptism of Jesus Christ. You know, he's, when God starts speaking, it's significant. Amen? And so He starts speaking again. This time it is into the very heart of hell. And it says, now we're going to pick up in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 6 through 12. I know you know these verses, but humor me. <laughs> okay? Let's just go through them. 
God speaks into hell itself and says, and again. Notice the word again. See, some people say, well, did Jesus really die? Yeah, he really died. He wouldn't be in hell otherwise. Okay. And remember when Jesus said, my God, my God, why has that forsaken me? Remember I told you that was a time he separated himself from the God part of him. Remember, Jesus Christ is all God and all man. Do you all remember that? Okay, I told you can't have half God, half man, because then when the God part goes, there'll be half a man hanging on the cross. Okay, <laughs> okay you can't have half hanging there. All right, so again, called the hypostatic union. So because th- that sentence, that, that particular phrase, let us know that he was no longer God, that he could die, because God can't die. Have you all noticed? Okay, and so for him to die, he had to release that part of himself. Now, watch the again means it's coming back. And we're going to see it coming back. Are you getting this? All right. And he says in the game, when he brings, that's God, brings the firstborn, referring to Jesus, into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Now, is Lucifer an angel? Oh yeah, all the demons angels? Fallen angels, yes they are. The enemy thought he had Jesus once and for all. All the trouble he had caused on the earth. Okay? (laughs) He thought he'd had him finally. And suddenly down comes God's voice from heaven into hell. And says, worship him. Ho, ho, ho. That was not a good day for them. Because they'd been putting it on Jesus. They thought he'd sinned. They thought God had turned his back on him. Remember at the cross? They said, let's see if he can get himself off the cross. Remember that? Okay. Verse 7. Now, this is what he says. Of the angels, he says, okay, he makes his angels winds and his servants flames of fire. So, angels are pretty powerful. Can we agree on that? Notice, winds and flames of fire. You don't want to mess with these guys. Verse 8. But of the sun. So, as amazing as they are. But of the sun, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. Remember, this is all going into hell. Okay, And the righteous scepter is the scepter of your kingdom. Amen. You have loved righteousness, hated wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And in the beginning, Lord, watch this now. You founded the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. A reminder is coming back in now. That he is the one that created all things. Remember in Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. It said, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things are created by him and for him. Alright. And so he goes and says, verse 11, Hebrews 1.11. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear wear out like clothing, like a cloak, verse 12. You will roll them up, and like clothing they will be changed, but you are the same. And your years will never end. Wow. You think that would have done it? With this declaration, Jesus regains all of his divinity. And is once again Almighty God. To the shock and horror of Satan and all the demons that were tormenting him. Amen. And it is then that they realized they had made a really big mistake. In all of history, this had never happened. God had never spoken down into hell like this. Because everybody that went to hell deserved to go there. 
when he started speaking and with the words, your throne, O God, that just did it. And so that's why it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8, had they known it, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. You think? Yeah, big mistake. Now, as God, Jesus Christ, just lays waste to the kingdom of darkness, strips the devil of all of his power, and that's why it says in Colossians 2.15, and having spoiled principalities, principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He humiliated them, okay? <laughs> there was nothing left. Everything that was the devil's kingdom, his power, his authority... That power of darkness, all of it was defeated in front of all of his minions. Can you imagine how humiliating that would have been? How mad he would have been? See, this is what the funny thing was. While, while Jesus was on this earth, Jesus kept defeating him. And so when he got him into hell, he thought, oh, he messed up somewhere. He must have blessed him, done something wrong. And I've got him finally. And so he took out all of his anger. And you know the devil isn't forgiving. You all know that? Okay. Okay. If somebody forgives you, that one, the devil. Okay. All right. <laughs> Just saying, you know. <laughs> he isn't forgiving. So you can understand how vindictive he was. And how much payback he would have wanted. And after three days of that. So you can imagine how much Jesus went through. This is, this is the other thing we need to understand. Not only did he suffer on the cross, but he suffered in hell as well. Why am I saying that to you? The reason is, there was an enormous price paid for your freedom. And you need to demand that. Do you know what I'm trying to say? It wasn't a small price, it was huge. And if Jesus Christ did that, then can I say that today? I don't care what has been going wrong in your life. I don't care where your life you know, is right now. Today is resurrection day for you. I don't care how you feel. <laughs> okay? You come against feelings. You come against anything that would come against what Jesus Christ did for you. He did something extraordinary for you. Please receive it today. Amen? And if you have to talk to your feelings and you have to talk to situations, just talk to them. You know you do that anyway. You know, you trip over something like stupid rug, you know, okay? You know what I'm trying to say? We talk to things all the time. I mean, if they put people away for talking to things, everybody would put it away right now. You know, everybody would be in a little rubber room. We do it. All I'm saying is, listen, make that work for you. Instead of always saying negative things out of your mouth, how about say something positive? Do you know why that's difficult? Because the world is going in the other direction. And you have to swim against the current to say something positive. Who knows what I'm talking about? But you know what? Do it anyway. You watch how your mouth will convince you of whatever it's saying. Give it time. Because that's how you convince yourself of everything. Do you know that? People say something bad about you. If you start repeating that to yourself, then that's what you'll become. If you rebuke it, you won't become that. Amen. You know, if they're right, you might say, yeah, but what if they're right? Well, repent. Fix it. Move on. The price was paid. Is that hard? No. <laughs> okay? Just, amen. All right. I know sometimes it's hard. I understand that. But like I said, if you need to speak to your emotions, speak to them. 
Just that we're not feeling this way today. Oh, I tell you. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on. I've got five pages. and Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> All right, so following Satan's humiliating defeat, the next significant event to occur is the resurrection. And that's brought out in Matthew chapter 28. We'll take out Matthew's account. In verses 1 through 6, it says, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Now they came here to anoint the body, okay? Um, Mark actually, Mark and Luke bring that out. And it says, Behold, there was a great earthquake. Now remember what happened when he died. There was a lot of stuff happening back then. There were earthquakes back then as well. Jesus Christ's death and resurrection wasn't without extraordinary signs. You can't say, you know, something happened and nobody knew and, and you know, uh, it was very quiet. Somebody came and stole the body. and Earthquakes were happening. Are you all with me? Alright? And so he says here, there was a great... See, it wasn't a little tremor. It wasn't one of those things that, did you feel something? Uh, I think so. Of course, I had a lot to drink last night. So, you know, okay? it wasn't one of those. When it says a great earthquake, it means a great earthquake. You know, buildings falling and stuff, kind of earthquake, okay? All right, not that they had buildings. Anyway, for, it says, For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. Isn't this incredible? Now, why did he have to move the stone? Was it for Jesus to get out? No, because you know he can walk through walls. What was it for? So people could get in. Amen. So, anyway, let's look at this angel. He says his countenance or appearance was like lightning. Can you imagine that? Not just bright, like lightning. Means it was active. You all seen lightning? Okay, all right. And his clothing as white as snow. Verse 4. And the gods shook for fear of him. Obviously, now these are Roman gods. These are trained killers. Now, look what came of them. It says, and they became like dead men, motionless and powerless. To do this to Roman gods, this angel must have been something really fearsome. Can I use that word? And scary. No, okay, same thing. Anyway, <laughs> all right. And it says in verse 5, And the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know you seek Jesus who is Christ. He is not here. Do you see that? He already left. Okay? For he is risen, as he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay. So he invites them in. Say, don't worry about the guards. They're all passed out, freaking out. They won't be a problem. He just nullifies the threat. And he says, it's cool, go in. Amen. See, I want you to understand, regardless of what's standing in your way, God can do whatever He needs to do to open the door in the midst of your enemies so you can go in. Have you ever thought about that? Not one of them drew their sword. You know, that would be the natural response. I mean, these soldiers, you've got to understand, man, they conquered the world. They must have seen all kinds of weird things. I want you to get a picture here. Because regardless of how strong and how powerful these men were, this guy was bigger and more powerful than all of them. And it only took one. He stands there and goes, what? <laughs> no, he didn't say that. Alright, so <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. 
This immediately tells us that, again, the angel didn't roll the stone away for Jesus to get out, but for the, woman, for the women to be able to get in. And later on, it's going to be for the disciples too. Going in, they would see for themselves that the Lord had resurrected. And so the angel continues, verse 7, And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. For, and indeed, he is going, to, uh, going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. He says, I've done my job. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Verse 8. So they went out quickly from the tomb with, the fear, with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they, that's the, the women, went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Wow, that would have been a moment. Amen. All right. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Now, I want to bring one small point out here. A lot of people say, well, you know, what if this stuff was made up? If they made it up, they would not have put a woman in this position. Because they didn't listen to women back then. This weakens their case. Do you hear me? So, they're just, so this was recorded exactly the way it happened. Amen. Let's move on. <laughs> Following this in verses 11 through 15, it goes on to say, Now while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, now watch this, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, verse 13, saying, Tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. Can you believe this? Like they would fall asleep, all of them at once. Okay, and if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. So notice again, once again, these religious leaders willingly, working with the devil himself, continue to deceive the people and lead them astray. And that's why Jesus said about them in... uh, Luke chapter 13, verse 28, There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. Alright, let's return and uh, conclude this part. It says, Then the eleven, um, back in Matthew twenty-eight sixteen, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee. Remember, there's not twelve anymore. Okay. <laughs> to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. Verse 17, then they saw him, uh, excuse me, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Verse 18, then Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority, I love this, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Everybody said, Amen. It's in up there. Okay. <laughs> Alright. So this is the time that he returns to heaven and takes his rightful place as God once again. And which Stephen gets to actually see in the last moments of his life. Remember in Acts chapter 7 verse 56, he says, Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Hallelujah. He's back there again. He's God. Amen. In addition to this, even the Apostle John is going to see Christ in all of his glory and splendor. And he's going to write in Revelation chapter 1, verses 13 through 18. He says, And standing in the middle of the Lamb, 
stands was the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. Remember, this is who was in hell and now is resurrected. This is who lives in us. I want you to think about that as I read this. His head and hair were like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were bright like flames of fire. His feet were as bright as bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He's not quiet. Did you hear? His voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. Verse 16, he held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. And his face was bright as the sun in all its brilliance. When I saw him, this is John speaking, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one who died. Look, I am alive forever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. Amen. This is who we call Lord. Hallelujah. That's the reason why the Apostle John said, 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. For whatever is born of God, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. The question, who is he who overcomes the world? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You know, that's it. You believe that he's the Son of God. He comes to live on the inside of you. And everything I read in Revelation is in you. And that's where you become an overcomer. If you only allow that out, Ephesians 2, 6 and 1 John 3, 1, and we conclude, it says, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in heavenly places in Christ. 1 John 3, 1, as we conclude, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Amen? That's why we celebrate Easter. Hallelujah. We're His kids today. That's why we can go to Him and He forgives, cleanses and forgets. And whenever the enemy comes to your door knocking, accusing the brethren, He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. And you're not welcome here. Hallelujah. Let's have every head bowed. Every eye closed.